Everyone wants to eat, sleep, and fuck. That's it. Welcome back to the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast, and we are coming off a bye week. I had to change states for work, but I'm sure no one cares about that. So joining me today, back again, the rock star, Joe McMahon. How you feeling, man? I am feeling well, Joey. Uh, welcome to the other half of the country. Uh, now you're only an hour ahead of me, so I, I feel like we're part of a community here uh mountain west gotta say i'm enjoying this mountain time it makes uh watching games more uh easier on the schedule i guess to uh for work 100 percent. like the, probably like the best thing about living on the west coast is that monday night football starts at like five o'clock oh my god i couldn't I, I could barely even watch a quarter on the east coast before i had to go to bed it was terrible okay and also joining us is a man with a bit of a rant on his mind and that's Eric Stairs. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm very excited as always, but I, I'm very nervous as well. And that's I've just been like super gassy over here. I'm about to shit my pants because I'm so nervous. But yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. Did you uh, did you want to give us your rant right off the bat or should we save that for later? You know, I think now might be a good time because it's a little bit more fresh. Uh, it, it's uh, I'm assuming that we all just watched this basketball game right here. For those that didn't, it was the uh, Texas Longhorns there against uh, VCU. We had a 19-point lead at about 11 minutes to go and almost gave it away. But, you know, I'm not really going to rant necessarily about the team itself, but just about the general principle of players who – basketball players at a higher level – particularly in college and at the NBA, who can't make free throws. I don't understand it, uh, especially guards. So it's, it's one thing for guys like DeAndre Jordan to not be able to make free throws. But on the flip side of that, you see somebody like Carl Anthony Towns, who shoots 85% from the line and does everything that a big man does just as well as uh, DeAndre Jordan does. But... I want to focus more on the college basketball part of things because I feel like I have a little bit more familiarity with that. So I, I just, I don't understand how let's just take coach Shaka smart. For example, does not have these guys have to make 10 consecutive free throws every day before they get to hit the showers. I guarantee you that that's going to take them a while knowing how good these guys are at shooting free throws. They're going to be shooting 50, 60, 70 free throws every day to to get that 10 in a row. And if I'm a coach, I'm okay with sitting around for that extra hour at the end of practice while my guys are getting better at free throws. And I've had to do this type of thing in basketball in high school, and you don't want to hang out after practice and have to shoot free throws. So you're going to get better at it. My goodness, it just seems completely ridiculous that we still have guys, for example, uh, Eric Davis, who acts like he uh, his his bread and butter is shooting threes and still shoots fifty percent or excuse me sixty six percent from the line. Uh, Kerwin Roach fifty percent. Are you kidding me? You're a guard. You need to be you need to be in that seventy five percent. And don't get me wrong, Kerwin Roach has been awesome this year. But 
free throws are are a must-have for any basketball player who hopes to make any sort of impact at the next level. No kidding. So, I mean, we barely shot over 50% today. I feel like you could do that granny style, couldn't you, Stairs? <laughs> I don't know about granny style, but I am a better free throw shooter than everybody on that team except Andrew Jones, and I, I don't get it. I have not played basketball in years, and I guarantee you I'm better than them. Mason Frederick is better than them. You know, like <laughs> I'm sure I'll love to hear that. It's casual basketball stuff. Like you played knockout growing up. You know, you need to be good at free throws. Whatever. I digress. We won the game, so I guess I can't be that pissed. Okay. All right. So to kick us off, we're going to dive into the final college football playoff standings. Over the past weekend, college. Uh, sorry, conference champions were decided, and the committee gave us the final rankings for the four playoff teams. So, in order, one, Clemson, two, Oklahoma, three, Georgia, four, Alabama. This begs the question, Joe, did the committee get it right? I, I think they did. Um, I was spent probably way too much time at work than my boss would have approved of going through all the different permutations of wins and losses of the top four teams from last week going forward um obviously you look at you know clemson and oklahoma one lost teams georgia one lost team and alabama another one lost team the only other one lost team that i feel like could have been in there was wisconsin maybe miami but then they ended up losing uh, last weekend as well so um I, I think that having a two lost team in there would have been detrimental to the legitimacy of the ranking system, really. I mean, um, you, you've got what two conference champ or three conference champions, and then one that's not a conference champion, but they're obviously a powerhouse in Alabama. Uh, and uh, these rankings really shook out the exact way that I thought they would and thought that they should, because um, you know uh, well, we can talk about Ohio State a little bit later, but I don't know if a two-loss team deserves to be in the playoff. I think that Joe is right. <clears throat> um, he's right that the only other one-loss team is Wisconsin, but there's always this uh, force at work in college football that says the more recent your loss is, the harder it's going to hurt you in those bowl rankings. And that can that can be said about Wisconsin and Auburn uh, and Alabama as well. But Alabama is a team that is, let's see, they're, they're number one in overall efficiency. Um, their offense, defense, and special teams. And that's, it's a combination of those three things, obviously. Um, they're, they're one of the best teams. They need to be in. Tim Tebow made a good point the other day about this is not about who's the most deserving, who has the best resume, et cetera. It's about putting the best four teams in. And I think that was done correctly. So, like you uh, like you mentioned, Joe, earlier, and like Stairs actually just mentioned, did us Ohio State deserve to get in, though? I, I don't think they did. I mean, the fact that they were ranked fifth with two losses is kind of insane, right? I mean, uh, back to Stairs' point of lose early, win late, they did exactly that. And, you know, to Ohio State's credit, one of their losses was to Oklahoma, who is second-ranked team. And at the end of the day, I, you know, honestly, I, I feel like we should have just had a playoff for Alabama and Ohio State. They play a game to get into that fourth spot. 
kind of like that MLB <laughs> wild card. That would have been probably the most watched game of the year. But um, uh, yeah, you can't you can't knock Alabama for not making a conference champion. You know, and then Ohio State wins their conference championship. But it, it's all it's all just dumb, and the rankings are stupid. But I do think that the committee got it right. No, Ohio State did not deserve to get in. I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, this is what the whole playoff, like, this is why they created it, to add two extra teams. So we are, instead of bitching about the third ranked spot, now we're bitching about the fourth and fifth. So, I mean, it's it's tough, right? Ohio State has, like, some good wins against top, like, 16 opponents. I think they're, like, three and one, but their only loss coming early the first week to Oklahoma. You know, if they wouldn't have lost a nasty game to Iowa by like 30, obviously they'd probably be in over Alabama. But the problem is, it's like, I feel like this does give, um, this does give uh, teams going forward, hey, if you just schedule e- easy opponents, like we're going to put you in. Because Alabama does not have anyone tough on the resume short of like Auburn and they lost to them. So it's like, I. It wasn't even a really a close game against yeah, Auburn. Yeah. And, and like, so I can see that. Ohio State has better wins than Alabama does, but they have worse losses than Alabama does. So I don't know. I think it's tough. I think ultimately, like, you know, this is this is why like this is why you should we should never expand the playoffs from four to like six or four to eight or whatever, because there's always gonna be some team that we're going to be uh, debating whether or not they should have got in. Stairs, do you have any comments on a, if 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 Ohio State was Nah, my biggest selling point there was just the fact that they got whooped by Iowa so bad. That's hard to put a team in that gets that gets beat by an unranked team by 30 points or so. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean you can't you just can't you can't lose that that bad by 30. I mean, no one forgets that loss. So, we're going to move on. So, well now, now the, well, oh, I, one quick point here though is, you know, now the conference championship is it obsolete? Does it really even matter? Because that actually, what was it? A few years ago, Baylor and TCU basically tied, and there wasn't a conference championship game in the Big 12, so neither of them got the ranking they probably deserved uh, to go to the college football playoff. Now Ohio State wins their conference, and they still don't get in, and I still agree with that decision, but does this make conference championships obsolete? Do we even need to have those games? I believe it's close to 85% of the playoff teams have won their conference championship. So I'm pretty sure, like, obviously it matters, right? But, I mean, that kind of is, like, correlated to if you're going to win your conference championship, you're probably doing pretty well anyways. So I think it matters, but I, I obviously with any rule, there's always exceptions. So Yeah. Well, yeah, you look at Ohio State, you look at USC, you look at, you know, well, I guess those are the two big yeah. examples, but uh, yeah, I, you're good, but you're not good enough. So fucking sucks. First matchup we're going to talk about number one, Clemson versus number four, Alabama stairs. Who do you think wins in this matchup? I want Alabama to win, but I think Clemson's going to win. They uh, obviously the ACC is not quite as good as a, a lot of the other big five power five conferences, but uh I think that Clemson's the real deal. They had one little slip up early in the season against who? NC State? Uh, Syracuse, that's right. Um, Syracuse? But they, they waxed Miami. I don't – and you're right. Alabama hasn't really played anybody, and their only their only good opponent was Auburn, who they got 
beat pretty badly by. So I'm I'm taking Clemson. Yeah, I would. You know, I want to side with Alabama because I know Nick Saban's a hell of a coach. But I think that Alabama's weaknesses don't come down to coaching at this point because they're so injured. I mean, they've got like first year freshmen on their O line, I think, and like on their defense. So they don't have the squad that they had at the very start of the season when they were ranked as high as they were. Um, so that's why I think Clemson might squeak it out. But if you give Nick Saban, you know, half a month to prepare for one football game, I do like his odds. So I'm going to go with Alabama. Winning I believe they're favorite too, right? Which is odd. Uh, while you're checking that, so next matchup, number two, Oklahoma versus number three, Georgia. Stairs, who do you got in this game? Oklahoma is going to beat Georgia. Baker Mayfield is just the scum of the earth, but a very good quarterback. Um, but with that being said, with that being said, um, <laughs> Auburn is – Auburn is. <laughs> let's see if I can find their numbers here. All right, defensive efficiency, Auburn is fifth in the country. And – oh, excuse me. Why am I talking about Auburn? My bad. Um <laughs> Georgia Georgia looked really good on offense last week is my point. And they they gashed Auburn and uh, Oklahoma is 59th in the country in defensive efficiency. So if they can't figure out a way to stop that ground attack, um they might have a tough time. But I think this is going to be a high scoring game, but I think Oklahoma is going to is going to win the game. Judge you get that um did you get that uh, stat yet on the favor? Who's favored? That was me that said I would look. <laughs> oh, I, I did not say oh, I, I thought that was you. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I was not looking that up. Sorry. Um, I mean, I can I can click it real quick, but um, the uh, with the Oklahoma Georgia matchup, as much as I hate to say it, because as a Texas Longhorn and as a Baker Mayfield hater. <laughs> I won't even try. I, I mean, I, I'm a hater. That's fine. Uh, I don't want them to win, but I feel like they're going to because they've pretty much killed everybody they've played. They haven't had too many super close games, and uh, that's not what I want to do. But okay, so you, here, Oklahoma's here are the lines. So go ahead, go ahead. Um, Bama is favored by two. And it's a 47 and a half over under. And then uh, Oklahoma is actually Georgia is favored by one here in the other game. And that's a 60 point over under. So I was definitely right about that offense. See, I mean, Oklahoma looks so impressive versus TCU. And I know it's a big 12 team. Like most defenses aren't pretty good in the big 12, but TCU actually does. They usually hold to opponents. I believe it's about 17 points per game, which is like, very impressive. So, but I still pick Oklahoma to win in this game too. And if I had to pick Clemson versus Alabama, I'd probably go with Alabama just because it's solely because of Nick Saban. Um, you, I just usually bet with uh, the best coach in some of these games. So, that's enough of NCAA. Let's get into some National Football <laughs> League. So, in a giant meltdown, so to speak, Ben McAdoo's fired, GM Jerry Reese is fired, cleaning house. Joe, are all these firings deserved? You know, I didn't track this until it all happened. So I'm not really sure if they were in jeopardy, if their positions were in jeopardy before they benched Eli. 
because obviously the the whole team is injured, right? I mean, you've got uh, how many wide receivers do they have out? All of them? Uh, nearly all right? of them. I mean, <laughs> nearly. Yeah, they they brought guys up for the practice squad, right? So, you know, you can't blame the coaching staff for weird ass injuries. You can't blame the GM for that. But what you can't blame them for is benching Eli because just like it's not their fault that they're losing, it's not Eli's fault that he's losing because he has no one to throw to. He's He's got no team around him. He's won two Super Bowls. You don't bench a two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback. That's such a bozo move that I, I can't even believe they I did. Mean, like, and then the ownership, oh. I mean, the, the ownership's hands were tied. Like, they saw all the fan outrage. All the fans are like, what the fuck? You're benching Eli, our boy? And so they're like, uh, well, we got to fire both of you guys. Sorry. You let this happen. I you mean, did it to yourself. I it's don't deserved. understand how. I mean, the if, if I had to ask you, if I had to ask you, Joe, who is like the, 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 the royal family of the NFL? It's the Mannings. I mean, you don't bench a Manning. You like – that is like rule number one in the NFL. I mean, I don't care how bad this team is doing. You don't bench Eli. And what bothers me is that John Mara didn't like step in. He, you know, Ben McAdoo comes out and says, yeah, we're going to bench Eli. We're going to play Geno Smith. We all know what Geno Smith is. He's not nothing. Why the hell are we trying to get a look at Geno Smith? And then they want to, and then they want to bench Manning and then they're just going to fire him a week later. Why didn't he just step in last week? And say, oh, the second you say that suck of shit, I'm just going to fire you and and the GM. Because let's be honest, Jerry Reese hasn't done anything right except for pick Odell Beckham. And so, I mean, this is this is a total clusterfuck, worst situation I've ever seen. Uh, I'm glad they're cleaning house. I still think probably Eli probably leaves at the end of this season or next and goes with uh, Tom Coughlin and the Jaguars. But this is a total shit show. Firings are definitely deserved in the Jaguars. But this is a total shit show. Firings are definitely deserved. Well, I think that maybe we should go back and look further than the Manning benching uh, because this team was supposed to be really good and they weren't. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to justify the whole season being terrible just because Odell Beckham is injured. Granted, that's a big part of it. He's a huge impact player, but you know, this defense was really, really bad and it was supposed to be awesome. Whenever you have a situation where the team is just not doing what they're supposed to do, that's whenever you fire the coach. That's whenever you fire the GM. But with that being said, if you're going to bench Eli Manning, why are we, why are we not going to play somebody who might have a higher ceiling than him in the future? Because you're right. Geno Smith, quote, Ain't nothing. Is that what you said? He ain't shit. <laughs> um, yeah, he sucks. So what, didn't he get, he got punched in the face that one time? So that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, because he missed like like a the quarter of the season because of that. I forgot. He and then and then also one more comment about it. You said that you can't bench a Manning. I disagree because the Broncos did it. What was that? Three years ago? Yeah, they and benched him for freaking Brocky Osweiler and then put him right what? back in to win the Super Bowl. You can't bench yeah. me. I mean, Manning was playing out there with a broken neck. They had to have some guy freaking pull up his pads and untie his shoelaces because he was so fucking broken. You don't bench a man. You don't fucking do it, okay? Like I bet Archie, I bet Archie was fucking looking at him like Ben McAdoo, you freaking stepdad looking fuck. You don't freaking bench my son like that. Are you kidding me? 
But Eli did handle the whole thing like a pro. Uh, so tip of the cap to him, even though I think that he's mediocre quarterback in the end. I mean, look, his best days are obviously behind him, right? Like, but he's still, but he's won you two Super Bowls in one of the most dramatic fashions ever. He's carried this team, or not carried, but he's done very good things for this team. And to just bench him for fucking Geno fucking Smith. <laughs> Felt strongly about this, eh, Joey? I'm like, dude, and I'm a Cowboys fan. Like, and if anything, I'd be have like, oh, please play Geno Smith versus the Cowboys. But no, I mean, this is this is some sucker shit. Like, you don't do that. <laughs> sucker shit. Yeah. Well. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead, Joe. No, yeah. I was gonna say. Well, it looks like you and I are on the same page. Then. I mean, I, I'm not quite as passionate about it, but uh, yeah. So, who do you guys think has a worse coaching and front office situation, the Giants or Tennessee? Tennessee. Yeah, I, Tennessee. They can't, I guarantee, even get any, they can't even I hire anybody right now. Yeah, so I guarantee you could get somebody to go coach for the Giants, but man, did Tennessee even win a game in the SEC? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to even look it up because it's probably not worth it. I know they lost, to, they, they lost to Kentucky, and they were in the bad half of the SEC too. <laughs> right? Yeah, no. Well, and they shot themselves in the foot too. They had a coach, and then like there's Twitter outrage. They literally – did not hire a guy because of Twitter outrage. Well, he was part of the um, Sandusky regime. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's fair to have some outrage on that. But why would they even select him to begin with if like, they, yeah, they already like knew you that? Do, you need to do your homework, right? You can't uh, just like – you can't just be like, okay, we're going to hire this guy knowing he has some sketchy shit. Hire him, just be like, please, public, don't freak out, freak out. And then they freaked out, and you're like, oh, fuck. And then just reverse flip on it. And then he tries to hire Mike Leach, and then they just fire the AD, John Curie, and now it's just a total shit show. No one wants to work for them at all, so I don't blame anybody. The Let's get back into the NFL. No, the answer is they lost every <laughs> SEC game. Ouchies. So Gronk was suspended one game after a pretty late hit on Tredavious White. Really quick, I just wanted to bring this up. So many people have often – said that Gronk gets away with a lot more than many other players would or would and do in the NFL. Do you think this guys, do you think this suspension was deserved and also kind of deserved in terms of what he's done in the past, just in terms of his uh, ridiculousness, I guess, Eric, Joe. (laughs) All right. All right. I'll go. I'll go. Um, Yeah, it was deserved. I mean, when I watched the replay of this, it almost looked cartoonish the way he almost like, he almost <laughs> yeah. did like a Fred Flintstone, like, like feet, like, and then he jumped on the guy who had already been down for, I, I mean, you know, seconds on TV. You you think like he'd already been down for five seconds, but that's enough time to not tackle a dude while he's already down. Like he was evidently down and then Gronk does his Fred Flintstone shit and does it like you, you have to suspend the guy for that. Um, with him getting away with stuff, uh, like, are you referring more to like off the field antics or on the field? Off the field, off the off field. field definitely. I feel like, but his off the field antics, you, you can't even like, what has he really done? Like, yeah, he's kind of a psycho. He's kind of overtly sexual and dated a porn star. Um, <laughs> and, Hey, hey, Joe, we all know what uh, your uh, Bumble profile looks like. <laughs> right. Don't be throwing stones from your glass right, house yeah, now. No. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I guess his off-the-field antics can be good. But the thing is, he's still getting 
all of the endorsement deals. I mean, Dunkin' Donuts, like that is such a massive brand owned by such a massive corporation. The fact that they're paying him to be there, they're like, all right, you know what? No, he's good. Like they, the, the, his off-field antics, and I feel like this with pretty much every sport, unless it's you know the athlete is you know hurting people or you know doing illegal drugs and setting a bad example. But Gronk's just having fun. Yeah, he likes to party, but you know what? So did my parents. Like they they drank a lot, and they still do. Uh, they used to drink a lot and still do now. But you know you can't put a suspension on off-field antics unless it is like regarding legal ramifications. So I, I think that what he got was deserved. I do think that one game was too little though. I think he probably should have got more because it was just such a blatant fuck you to the guy that was already down on his back that he should have gotten more games. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that Fred Flintstone shit because when I, when I saw it, it looked like uh, if you've ever played FIFA, like the dead fish like celebration when they just kind of like flop in the air because it, it kind of <laughs> seems like he went to go hit him and at the last second realized like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't be doing this. And then just kind of like curled away from it and just like pumped into him. But he's still like 250 plus pounds. So like, I don't know. He definitely deserved a suspension. I Stairs. agree with Joe that it should have been more than one game. So here's here's a question for you guys in relation to this. So given, given the suspensions over the past few weeks, do you think that if, or even going as far back as the uh, AJ Green, Jalen Ramsey incident, and then also looking at the Michael Crabtree and Akeem Tlaib, and then last night with Juju Smith-Schuster, do you think that what those, what Gronk and Juju did was, not as bad as what happened with Akeem Tlaib and Michael Crabtree. I feel like AJ Green should have got suspended like two games. Did I mean, he, he put the guy in a headlock. I don't understand how he didn't get. He didn't get a. Right. He didn't get not even one game. Didn't even. And you know, Mike Evans hit a guy late and got a one game suspension. And AJ and the same week AJ Green did it. it well, it's because no it's because AJ me. got injected. Uh, you know, it's funny quarter. that you bring up that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's funny that you bring up that Michael Traptree thing. Apparently, <laughs> apparently before that game, he knew that he was going up against uh, Keep Talib like the most of the game. So you know how he wears like yeah. that. He wears like a chain uh, for every game. He literally taped it to his chest, knowing that Keep Talib would try to steal it. So he tried to tape it to his chest so he couldn't steal it, and he still got it. <laughs> and I just got to imagine if you guys ever see it's an old movie. But it's called the Ghost in the Darkness, and in there, there's like this like lion's cave where there's just nothing but skeletons. And I got to imagine the key to leave just has like this closet somewhere, and it's just got chains. It's just got Michael Crabtree's <laughs> chains hanging one by one as he plays them every single every single year. And just just keeps collecting them and stealing them. That's like his favorite thing to do. He doesn't even care about the game. Well, he's up to two. Terrible. But anyways, yeah, I think they they both like deserve their suspensions or Michael Crabtree. And they, I think, I think they both got a game. Um, but anything else, Joe, you want to talk about in the NFL? Uh, I mean, to answer Eric's point, I guess in a, in an avant-garde way, albeit, but you know, why is fight? Why should fighting be a suspension? If you fight a guy, you know, NHL allows it. Let two guys go at it. Why not? Oh, NHL has the best rules. Gotta why, say. why not let them fight? I mean, it, they're going to break their own hands punching each other's helmets. And if they both take off 
their helmets like sometimes hockey guys used to do at least um you know wh- why not why not let it go it's a sport i get you That's i get why- you want to set an example for little kids but um i i think it could help with some of the like escalation of certain games when like oh i can't fight so now i'm gonna really fuck this guy up on my next play I've never got why players want to punch someone in the face mask. It's never gotten me. Anyways, let's switch on over to MLB, something that you two love a lot. We're going to talk about Japanese pitcher and outfielder Shohei Otani. Reports indicate that he's narrowed down his search to seven teams, which include Joe's Dodgers, the Angels, Giants, Padres, Mariners, Cubs, and Stairs' Rangers. So, Joe, where do you think he ends up? I really do want to say the Dodgers. Because obviously it'd be sick to have him. You uh, Darvish is not going to be back <laughs> with the Dodgers. Hopefully next year, um, <laughs> unless uh, we don't get uh, Otani, because then we might yeah. actually end up re-signing him, despite his piss poor performance in the playoffs. Not that I want to talk about that anymore, but um, I I don't know. It, it's hard to say because based on the interviews that he's done. He wants a small market team. L.A. obviously isn't that, but L.A. also doesn't care about paying players too much money. But since there's no salary cap in the MLB, um, he wants to be close to his home, as close as he can, being in the United States, obviously. Um, So I think the Giants or the Mariners probably have the edge but it really ends up to who's going to be paying him and who the might most. Not be, yeah. um, there were people that were talking about how like, oh, well, you know, L.A. has a huge Japanese fan base. And yeah, they do. Uh, but then there are other people saying that, oh, well, you know, they already have Kenta Maeda on the Dodgers. Like he's their Japanese pitcher. I'm like, is that really does, does he really want to be the only Japanese guy? D- does he or does he want someone to hang out with and relate with? Uh, so it, it, it is hard to say. I would guess Giants because th- they're floundering, and I feel like they'll shell out however much money they need to to actually be good again. And they have a similar to LA market demographic wise. So I think the Giants get him. So just real quick, money doesn't matter in this situation. The most money that he will make is in terms of a signing bonus is three and a half million dollars which is how much the rangers have so but but with that being said money doesn't really matter a whole lot in this situation just because he's gonna be making you know probably 200 million dollars after not this upcoming season but after the next season and so, yeah, money doesn't matter. And then Joe pretty much touched on all the other points. He wants to play in a small market. He wants to be close to home. So there are teams that I I really want to write off immediately, like the Cubs. I'm not even sure why they are included on that list if he's not going to include the Yankees or the Red Sox. Or I still don't understand why he included the Rangers but not the Astros. But – um, I also think that he's going to stay in the American League. 
So I think it's either going to be the Rangers or the Mariners or the Angels. And of course, I really want to say that it's going to be the Rangers. Um, but I, I think that if I were a betting man, I would put money on Seattle. Now, why do you think he um, wants to go American League? Because he's a pitcher and an outfielder, so he can obviously hit well too. Now, pitchers, obviously, in the National League do not bat. But wouldn't a National League team be more inclined to shell out for a guy that can pitch and bat and on his off day potentially play right field or in the playoffs potentially play right field? Again, money has nothing to do with this situation. There's just there's so little money involved that it doesn't matter. And so uh, you're right that he could play outfield, but he hasn't played outfield in three years. I think he didn't play. He didn't play outfield in fifteen, sixteen, or seventeen. He played in fourteen. So, so he's a pitcher for I'm all sure. intents and purposes. So if you look at his, if you look at his numbers, like his scouting grades, he is a better pitcher than he is a hitter. Um, he's a above average hitter but a very good pitcher so with that being said he's probably gonna be he probably considers himself as a pitcher first so then again so like with that being said maybe the national league versus the american league argument doesn't matter that much because he'll he might not even play more than one or two times in between his starts on the mound, but it, it's really hard to say. He really has not said anything about what he wants. Um, he's been very vague, so it's hard to say. I think it's just going to be a crapshoot in the end. I believe the deadline is in like two weeks, right? Yeah, December 22nd. All right, so let's switch it on up to LeVar Ball. Always got to talk about this guy, don't we? So he withdraws another son from school, LeAngelo Ball from UCLA. Um, this comes after the whole uh, shoplifting in China incident. And it looks like UCLA was going to suspend him um, for a long time. So Lavaro withdraws him from UCLA saying that he could coach him and uh, get him ready for the draft better than UCLA ever could. So this begs the question, do you guys even think Leangelo even makes it to the NBA? I mean, most people, most scouts don't even project him as uh, coming out of the draft anytime soon. So it's hard to see if he will make it to the NBA. No, he's not going to the NBA because he's not even that good. An emphatic no. The only reason that UCLA gave him a scholarship is so that they can get Lonzo. Um, He was the, let's see here, 226th ranked prospect in his high school class. He was projected to not even be a starter at UCLA this year. So – Maybe if he did four years at a mid-major school and developed a skill set, he could be an undrafted free agent. But there's just no way, no way that he gets drafted this year. Well, it hasn't even Lavar said like, "Oh, Je- Jellos, he he's not that good. He, he'll <laughs> he won't go pro, but we'll keep him around for moral support." Like, it, wh- wh- then then why would he? take him out of school. I feel like that's Jello's only option at this point, right? Uh, oh, I mean, I just feel bad for the kid. Cause I mean, it, this doesn't work out like dude, 
I mean, UCLA is a good school, like to be pulled out from there, you know, by his like egos, you know, rich father is just ridiculous. The funniest thing I saw is that, so they did come out with a statement saying that they're trying to pursue their opportunities um, overseas, right? And the first thing I saw was like, well, I guess they're not going to try to play ball in China. <laughs> no, man. Well, well, that's, I think we talked about this on the uh, last pod too. Like LeVar is very calculated and for some reason this makes sense to him, but I just don't see Jello actually getting to any pro level. I mean, maybe in a Slovenian national league, but uh, yikes. Yeah, it he's not that good. He probably should have stuck and got his degree from UCLA just because he was going to get suspended for a year. Um, doesn't mean that he shouldn't stay there. I mean, if I had a degree from UCLA, it wouldn't be as good as the degree I have now, but it'd still be pretty cool, right? <laughs> still a degree. So now there's two brothers that are homeschooled. You got uh, Melo and Langelo. So should LeVar just open up like his own school and just not to coach nothing but basketball? No. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Some difference in opinion here. You go first, Eric. No, he should continue to do what he's doing because he's making bank and he's getting so much media attention that I don't see any reason why he should Cause in the end, isn't that what this is all about? Like I mean, really quick, speaking of that media attention, apparently the Lakers are having to enforce uh, what they refer to as the, Le- the LeVar Ball rule, which basically prevents the media standing around the area where like friends and family are after the game. And so often they just kind of stand around there and wait for LeVar to say some stupid shit and just quote them up on it and you have their next story ready. By this is like actually this has actually been a longstanding rule at Staples Center. It just hasn't really needed to be enforced ever. Until, That's why it's called the LeVar Ball until, until LeVar Ball came. So, like, this rule's been in place since, you know, whatever, like 1999 when Staples Center opened. But because LeVar Ball is LeVar Ball, that's why they, when they told reporters, like, hey, actually, you can't do that. <laughs> family of the athletes can't, can't interview them. It's enough sports talk. I have my two bachelors on the pod today, and what better bullshit topic than to talk about Tinder and Bumble etiquette? So, Stairs, Joe, I want you guys to take all the time you need. First thing I want to cue up is, what's the correct way to set up your profile? Whew. That, it really depends on the person, I'd say. Um, it depends on what kind of vibe you're going for. Are you looking for a girlfriend? Are you looking for just someone to hang out with? You looking for um, some slut you're gonna have a one night stand with? This all comes into play when you're deciding how to set up your profile. Um, From what I've heard, now stairs correct me if I'm wrong, that you need at least one full body pick. You need a clear picture of like your face. That way the girls can tell one. Is he fat? <laughs> Two. Is he cute or cute enough for me to fuck? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's really the, that's really, that's really what it comes down to. Right. It's, they don't have to be that attracted to you. Um, and then 
you know, you, you put in a picture of you doing some fun activity, whether it's snowboarding or grilling. Um, you, you don't want too many photos with you and other people. Yeah. Maybe one at the very end to show that you're actually a real person and have friends and have a life outside of just swiping. You mean pretend to have friends? It, well, that, that's what I do. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, that's more like it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but you know, you don't want too many of those because uh, no one wants to play where's Waldo when they're trying to see like, wait, what's a witch girl is this? And actually fun fact, I matched with someone once and i was like hey wait which one are you in these photos i literally can't tell and they said oh i'm none of them i just thought it'd be easy to catfish this way it's <laughs> like oh my god no oh, so god but i those that's the v- advice i've got from at least a photo setups point stairs do you have anything to add to that i think that it's important to have at least one picture of yourself like dressed up like in a in a jacket or in a tie i've always seen a spike in matches whenever i i put a picture like that on my profile um oh yeah do you run like statistical regressions just uh plus minus with the jacket without the jacket you know he averages three more joe he averages three more girls uh, per week with the jacket uh, once he's on the bench, though, it's a minus three. So we got to keep got to get a minutes with that. Uh, laser that's <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. But whenever you get no matches ever, it's pretty easy to tell whenever you change your picture and start getting matches. Um, I think the most important thing. Oh. So do you recommend uh, updating pictures like how often or uh, I think if you often? take a good picture, you kind of know you're like, oh, yeah, I could definitely pull some ladies with this photo. So you go on there and put it on there. Put it on me. <laughs> but anyways, I think that for an overall an overall profile tip is number one, make yourself stand out in some form or fashion, whether it be humor or I, I can't relate to this, but if you're some sort of like actually cool person, then make sure you highlight that. Um I think it's really easy to come off as a tool on those websites if you try to make yourself look too cool. For example, um, man, the, the worst thing to me is I love the outdoors. I love going on adventures. If I ever see that. That's Every that. girl love. wants to go on adventures. <laughs> Every fucking girl. They love adventures and they love brunch. We're not That's fucking it. going on adventures. No. No. We're, we're, no. We're going to drink beer. People who love to travel. I'm sorry. No one loves actually <laughs> traveling. You like vacation. That's what you like. You you like not working. Oh, I know. Lazy piece of shit. Yeah, I had to travel. I just had to travel 19 hours over goddamn Kansas. It was fucking awful. Anyways, so we got some questions on this topic. Paul asked, what does no fuckboys mean on a Tinder profile? <laughs> it means swipe left. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with stairs on that one. Whether you like it or not, we are all fuckboys. And if, honest, honest to God, if you're not a fuckboy, you're not on Tinder. 
the reason that you get on there is because you're, you're trying to get laid. Exactly. Let's let's be real with ourselves. Everyone wants to eat, sleep, and fuck. That's it. That's all they need to do. They'll be happy. Oh my god, I'm making that a drop <laughs> the second we get off. Okay, next question. Is it acceptable to right swipe on a girl you know you wouldn't even chat, even if you matched with? Sorry, that was from What ben. type of situation would that be? So is it acceptable to right swipe on a girl that you know you wouldn't even chat with yes. if you matched? Yes, okay, so here was my thought on that. So it's different on Bumble and versus Tinder because Tinder cuts your, your swipes off, right? So you have to be a little bit more selective if you want to make swiping kind of a ha- hobby, I guess. Like if it's just a, uh, an alternative to being on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. So you have to like kind of space it out. But on um, on Bumble, I don't think that you should really ever swipe left on anybody, right? Like if a girl messages you, you don't have to answer. And if it's if it's a girl and she says, hey – you might not answer. But if she says, hey, I want to suck your dick, then you might answer. <laughs> <laughs> then you might answer. I just I just might answer that one and be like... Yeah, of course. Wait, of course. so are you real? Yeah. Do you Straightforward exist, girls are, are always a, a red flag. Like, They're just fucking with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I see... I usually like to stay selective when I'm sober because I know... Once I start drinking, my uh, inhibitions are lowered naturally, and um, I've woken up to some <laughs> matches that I've been like. At least it was only on your phone. <laughs> so, um, but 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 you get that little dope you get that little dopamine hit when you see you have a new connection, oh and you see God. oh like That's Adriana sent you a message. I'm like hell yeah she did, and and then it ends up being just like some just oh. But um, I've got like four or five drops from Joe already. Just from at least, at least, even if you get (laughs) messaged or matched by girls that you don't think are worth your time, at least you can help boost your ego and kind of draw your baseline about what type of girl you should really be ending up with. Exactly, exactly. Because the end goal, right, is always to find. The, the, one, one. the one that lets you put your dick inside of them. The best a man can get. <laughs> that's oh. the one. All right, with that. So we ran a little long, but that's okay. Uh, Joe, how can they? How can the people find you on Twitter? And I think you just uh, got on Spotify with your new rock band, your little punk metal, uh, emo, hipster, whatever band. Go ahead and tell yeah. the people how they can find you. I'm not even plugging my personal stuff. I'm going straight. Deadlights is my punk band. If you're a fan of Pennywise, old AFI, uh, just you know, punk rock, hard music, fast music in general. Find us at Deadlights Punk. That's D E A D L I T E S Punk uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and then on Facebook. Deadlights, just just Deadlights. Uh, you should find us. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. So buy our shit and uh, help <laughs> me make some supplemental income that I get to split four ways. Stairs, how can the people find you on Twitter? Well, on uh, on Twitter, I am at Eric Stairs. That's with a C. That's my first name. That is E-R-I-C. <laughs> And stairs just like up and down. <laughs> no stairs with the stairs. Yeah, with the you never seat. know, dude. Those Starbucks baristas—they can't get it right. So, um, and then same thing. 
Shut up. <laughs> Eric Stairs. Y'all know how to fucking spell my name. Same thing on Instagram. Um, and then one quick note about the Deadlights Punk. If uh, if you picture like a, a black and white skateboard video from the late 90s or early 2000s. That's exactly what we're that's going what this for. So that's, that's quite the compliment, Eric. All right. So for Joe, for Eric, I am Joey. Follow us at the BBB podcast on iTunes, at the BBB pod on Twitter. Always feel free to send in some uh, questions on whatever you feel like, and we will answer them. So for Eric, for Joe, I'm Joey. See you later, folks.